And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on birds with friends. Birds All I know is friends. Zach said he has a game where birds the Eagles don't read both 7,000 <laughs> And I said, I'm in. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and so the yeah, purpose of that's what I, really what I needed was not to get at least one more reader. <laughs> Stick around until the end of the episode to hear the trailer of the Athletics' next narrative series titled "Luck." There are no, well, actually, I want to say there are no horses involved, like that show that was uh, canceled on HBO. But there are horses involved because it's about the Colts, Andrew Luck, and uh, our Colts writer Zach Kiefer brings you Andrew Luck's story like you've never heard it before. He spoke with over two dozen people from Jim Ursay and Bill Polian to Frank Reich and Chuck Pagano to David Shaw and RG3 to peel back the curtain in a way that's never been done before on one of the most unique careers in NFL history. Get all six episodes of Luck on the Athletic Football Show feed on Monday, July 11th, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome. The Burns with Friends on a Wednesday afternoon fun show today. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Sheil Kapadia, Marissa Dunn. Sheil is stewing that we have begun this episode with a mention of Bill Polian. I don't know what this, this could lead to. This is, a, this is a dangerous thing for us to do, but we've got a fun episode. We're going to bring on a DFOP, Tony Ascenda, who has created and directed uh, most of the episodes, I guess probably all the episodes, for the show Players on Paramount Plus, which we have all enjoyed thus far. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the second segment. We're going to bring him on. He's a DFOP. But before we get to all that, Sheil, how you doing? Do you still do your... So we've been yeah, we've been watching players, uh, big fans in the Kapadia household. And so when the credits roll, <clears throat> excuse me, when the credits roll at the end, I still do your thing of it's not my senda, it's not his senda, it's yes senda. So I think Jessica is pretty, uh, she's heard that enough times over the past few days, but I don't know if you still And he's do all that. over those credits too. I mean, it's Oh my it's God, how many credits can one by, person yeah. get? Unbelievable. Fantastic. Uh, anybody been to any good uh, college campuses lately? <laughs> of course you'd start with this. Um, so I was telling before the show that we were just in San Diego and we had about an hour and a half to kill before our uh, red-eye flight back to New Jersey. And Michael said, hey, want to go take a drive to San Diego State's campus? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's a great idea. And we pulled on campus and Michael's like, I love a college campus. And I reminded him the whole story with Z-Berm and he was like, oh, I'm totally on Team Z-Berm for this. 
Love a nice college campus. Of course, San Diego State, absolutely beautiful. We did not have enough time to check out the student union. So we'll have to take a trip back to that. But yes, shout out to San Diego State's campus. Beautiful. And Michael and Zeberm are officially team college campus. Now, did Michael ever have the official visits? Like, or or because of... uh, Good question. Yeah. So he did, but they were D1 AA schools. Um, Yeah. So I think he did UConn. I think he did Lehigh. um, uh, Not... Those are the two that stand out. I know he did a few more, but... um, Lehigh, yeah, he, he, like, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have liked the hills at Lehigh. No, he absolutely would. That was, that was the one thing he said about San Diego State, the backside of the campus. He's like, way too hilly for me. That's a lot of walking. Um, but yeah, so he did do that. But when Maryland obviously offered him a uh, chance to walk on there, he took that instantly. But uh, yeah, he, he was a big fan of the, uh, the campus feel for sure. How about I you, used Zach? to really well. No, I was gonna say I I used to really be into to uh, recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. And like I, I'd follow all the all the right. recruiting rankings, all the prospects. And I I if if I was a prospect or if I were a prospect, then I'd go on all my official visits. These official visits sound like so much fun, right? I I understand why someone would want to commit like their junior year or their sophomore year, but for me. I would milk the whole entire process. It sounds, it you sounds would. so fun to have. You get to go to five schools. These, you know, you know they they're they're all into you. It's 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 a nice. It sounds fun, right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shit, what are you laughing legend at? Conti- legend continues. I mean, this is all on brand. This all lines up with everything else you've said. I don't think yeah. I need to add anything else here. I'm sure you would set a record for official visits, visits, and uh, you know, try to capitalize your time so on every you. campus. Yep. I did try and have this conversation off the pod because I was pretty sure last time I threw you under the bus, Zach, with the student union yes. thing. But yeah, I should have known awesome. that that it uh, it would be brought on the pod. So, but all for the brand, all for the college campus brand. Love Zach, it, Zach. How are you? I'm doing great. Excited for this podcast. We are, uh, we're about three weeks away from training camp, just a little over. Is that correct? Do you have a countdown going down on your, like on your computer? I think a little more than three weeks. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're closer to four weeks than three, but fewer than four. So it's, it's, it's getting closer. Okay. When is the Browns joint practice? Uh, that two. isn't, okay. yeah, that's, that, that's week two of the preseason. So, yeah. so that will okay. be, they the play the ish. Yes, that yes August, that week yeah. they, they play the Browns on the twenty first. I'm looking at my calendar here. Hashtag so BWF Zach's legs leading up to that. No, I've seen Zach's legs. We saw at the wedding. Yeah, but he was wearing <laughs> pants. Your legs. Oh, well, true. for part we of it. All... Yeah, for part of it. Until <laughs> <laughs> the dessert, the dessert table came we'll take out that and loosened the belt. Yeah, <laughs> we'll take that offline. Uh, All right. So, now, have we got have we gotten any updates? Our our our, bo- our beat both beat writers. Do we think going to be uh, able to make the Browns Eagles joint practice trip? Where there's a will, there's still... a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Okay, we'll, we'll be there. All I right. think we should. I think, and if if there are any birds with friends listeners in the uh, greater Cleveland area, that's that's a time for a meetup. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought a you were asking pod. if you could like sleep on their couch or something. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, if if we can have a live pod in Cleveland, I think yeah. that would be of interest. We'll just invite everybody over to Marissa's. Yeah, perfect. I'll have my mom come. She'll make some food. It'll be great. That's great. That's fantastic. (laughs) 
not a lot to not not a lot to talk about <laughs> Eagles news wise. Uh, I do think the results are in from our draft, and uh, it's a resounding victory for me. So congratulations to me uh, on that front. Zach, is there anything else going on uh, news wise? Should we even bother sending it over to the Stone Cold Newsman? There's nothing going on news wise. Um, the only piece, of, well, actually, I take that back. Oh, that's since not we true. Spoke, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, um, since we last spoke, the Eagles did add safety Jaquiski Tart. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a fairly notable signing. He's he's an experienced player. Shield can give us the breakdown on him, but but he's someone who's started in San Francisco, brings a veteran presence. I don't know if he was signed necessarily to be, you know, your surefire starter, but. Whether this is the Corey Graham signing or whether this is the Jonathan Cyprian signing, time will tell. Either way, I think he's someone who can play a role in this defense. Yeah, I can't say I paid a lot of attention to uh, to that one. But uh, Jaquiski Tart, I mean, off injured, I would say. Durability has been a concern. Yes. I don't know if you guys have the numbers uh, in front of you. Uh, but when he when he plays, certainly a, you know has that big hitter. Uh, it's his reputation, has been a starter. For the 49ers, not uh, not good hands. We, you know, the, the big interception uh, he dropped last year. But I would agree with you. I think if you can get uh, three competent starting caliber safeties, and you know, if one of them is injured or if one of them doesn't play well, and you still have two, I think that's fine. I didn't see the numbers on it. It's obviously after the comp pick stuff. I can't imagine this, they're, they're paying him that much money. So I think it's uh, it's a, a fine other option to add to the safety position for them. He played 14 games last year uh, out of 17, and that was the most games he's played in a season in any of the past five years. So uh, okay. he is oft injured, not somebody you can count on, but certainly like on paper, an upgrade on, on Kayvon Wallace. I think it's like a, a better caliber of player than Andrew Adams, who they signed last year, right? And then Andrew Adams was beat out by Marcus Epps in, in training camp. I feel like Tart is here more to be the third safety um, in theory, than than to compete to take Marcus Epps' job, or or maybe it's it's Anthony Harris's job. But I mean, this was the the most glaring like minor depth hole on the roster heading into the summer. They found the person who addresses that. It checks a box. Who's to say? You know, you, you shouldn't have huge expectations for Jaquiski Tart. And then one other piece of news, and I I didn't. I also find this. myself, even though I know how it's spelled, I find myself when I type Jaquiski. Ending it with a Y instead of an I. I don't know if you've had that really? issue. Really? I have oh. not had that yet. No. Yeah. I've been writing about Jaquiski Tart for like a decade now. I feel. Yeah, but I but I don't I'm on first reference only. I'm only you only get the Jaquiski out once, you know. I remember him from the senior bowl back in the day. Jaquiski. I'm thinking of his name in my head. I mean, there's no Y entering the equation. Yeah, I know that. That's why it's weird to me. I know ex I can picture it yeah. perfectly. I know exactly how it's spelled. And for some okay. reason my fingers just are floating over to the Y instead of the I at Let the end. That that sounds like a, maybe a wolf stand for you. Uh, so yeah, one no. other Don't piece of dare. news. Don't you dare give me something to write about. <laughs> yeah, so one other piece of news. This I did not expect this to uh, resonate as much as it has with the fan base, but it certainly drew a lot of reaction based on even the, the numbers we saw at The Athletic, and that is the Eagles changed their word mark uh, mm -hmm. since we last spoke. And so this is meant to be a little cleaner, a little more modern, um, can work on a few different color schemes, but uh, uh, I don't really have an opinion on it. I know a lot of our <laughs> listeners might, and so <laughs> what a setup! What a setup. 
<laughs> Bo, do you have a strong opinion on it? I mean, Zach, this isn't a live uh, pod. We don't have like a YouTube, so they can't just chime in with their takes here. Have you yeah, noticed the takes true. in one direction or the other? I mean, are there strong? I would also strong negative category yes. of uh, things Shield does not pay attention to in June. <laughs> yeah, there, uh, there have been uh, uh, mostly negative takes, although I, I, I don't know if it's okay. a vocal minority or if it's representative of the fan base, right? But uh, it, 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 when I say I, I didn't expect it to uh, resonate, the news came out. Um, you know, we, we put it on social media. I had to go run an errand. I get in the car. And they're talking. It's it's the top topic on on radio that day, right? You know, so I don't know if it's just a matter of June you had to do a news slow. update on it. Yes, yeah, we had to do a news update. I didn't expect that. So there's the, the there there has been interest in it. I was listening to it. Well, that goes to the topic of like, is there anything Eagles related that is not worth talking about? I was listening to an interview with uh, Angelo Cataldi on the Press Box podcast, yeah. and they they asked him uh, what percentage of your conversations over the years or your topics have been Eagles related. What do you think he said? I listened to the podcast, so I don't want to give it away. Uh, 83%. 83. Jeez, Paul. I mean, you just got to go. No, it was 65. Okay. He said 65%. And then what did he say, Zach, that the the Phillies and the Sixers, I think take up a remaining 30%. And then everything else. I don't even think he mentioned the flyers, but he said, well, he said, he like said the colleges. One thing he, yeah. yeah. He said the one thing he won't talk about is soccer, which I went, which I found interesting because, you know, you, you read a lot of these think pieces that like soccer's the future here. Right. And yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think Angelo's worried about radio. the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, fair enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right, Sheila, you had some. Uh, you've been you've been uh, deciding whether or not to work on the the playbook for this year. It feels like you're you're in the dungeon. Not sure if you're as fully committed as last year, but you have dipped your toe into oh, thinking about the Eagles. Out. Yeah, uh, and you wanted to to talk about some of the things that you've unearthed. Well, yeah. Regardless of what form it takes, I need to. Uh, I have different documents for every team, where at least I need to do do a little research analysis and uh, formulate my takes hopefully before I go on vacation, which that's not happening because I'm about eight teams through here and I start vacation tomorrow. But anyway, we have time until uh, August. Going anywhere interesting. Uh, Interesting is subjective. Okay. Well, we're going to Portland. We're we're going to Portland to see my sisters. Okay. The other Portland. Which we normally do. Nice. That's it. (laughs) The other Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the other Portland. I'm in the I'm in the Portland. Okay. So I don't know if any of this is interesting at all, but okay. uh fire a couple things that often play a game of is this interesting? Uh no, because I think we we'll, the answer will be no to most of those. So. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Shu. Uh, okay. Uh how many now we've talked about this offense, what it needs to do to make the leap. I feel like they're getting gassed up a little bit. You know, I was listening to Mina Kimes and Greg Rosenthal. I think I think they both had the Eagles winning the division, but, uh, you know, Rosenthal really gassing up the Eagles. How many new starters, like as in players who were not on the team last year, uh, do the Eagles have on offense in 2022? Bo, I'll go to you. We're because not, Zach we're not on the team on. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or who haven't, you know, or who, one. yeah. 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 That's a pretty big one though. 
Yeah, but it, it is just well, you know. Yeah. I, I feel like in my head, I was thinking that's there fair. was a, a lot more turnover, right? It's like because yeah. as I'm going through these teams, I mean, some of these teams, it's like five new starters. You know, I, I don't know what the average is. I bet the average would probably be around two to three, or you know, and, and they've had they have one new starter on offense who was not uh, on the team last year, and that's AJ Brown. Everybody else has been a starter. You know, some of these guys, obviously, like your boy Say Amalu, was injured last year, but I would say every, everybody else, even aside from say Amalu was like a legit starter last year. Right. Yeah. And I, and I would think that it's not, it's not as easy as this, but if you're just generally thinking of like who is on the good side of the age curve, who should be getting better every year and who's on the wrong side, who should be getting worse every year of the 10 returning starters. I mean, it's really just Kelsey and Lane Johnson who should be, like on the on the decline phase of their career. Now, it's not as easy as that, but in terms of cohesion, I think there's a case to be made that that it's a it's a it's a young group of of cohesion, which is probably good. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. On that same point, the Eagles had 12 offensive players log at least 400 snaps last year. How ma- how many are back with the team in 2022? Uh Offensive starter, she said. Offensive, just offensive. Yeah. I would guess. Don't ask me why I picked 400. And Dayniz, don't tell me I should have picked done this some other way because uh, my time is limited and that's what I chose to do. I would guess um, nine of 12. (laughs) All of them. Wow. All right. So Zach says nine and Bo says 12. All right. So this would qualify as an interesting nugget because you guys are on different sides of this. It is 11 of 12. Okay. Is it Jordan Howard, back. the other one? It is not. Can you name? Mm, the, two two can is her big you. One? Is her big one? Uh, Herbie. Yeah, Herbie. Okay. I figured Herbie's one. Nice, nice. Um, did Ertz reach that threshold? No, he was the only one. He said Herbie I mean, was the only think, one. Oh, listen, oh, yeah, yeah, none yeah, of this yeah, is fact-checked. This was all first draft. <laughs> Everything I say here could be wrong. Uh, again, Danis, go ahead. I, you know, I believe it's you're summer. It's vacation time. Yeah. Some of this stuff, go ahead. I haven't Feel free to, to fast-forward to the Ascend apart. Yeah, please do. Uh, so, uh, again, 11 of 12 players who locked 400 snaps are back on offense. So, a lot of continuity. Same coach. Same play caller from halfway into the season. Uh, It's really the one big addition of A.J. Brown, and then you're hoping for a little bit more health there. All right. Where do you think Jalen Hurt now? I've been, I feel like there's a little bit of, I don't know if, uh, with Jalen Hurts, it's a lot of like, all right, you can't get out of your head what you saw in that Bucks game last year. Of course, we, we should zoom out and look at the larger sample. We know that. Where do you think Jalen Hurts ranked in terms of EPA per play against the blitz? Because I do think this is something you're hearing the teams are just going to blitz him like a Todd Bowles blueprint, get after him. He's not going to be able to handle it, and he's going to be Stanko Janko. Yes, 16. This is one of those things where if you had asked me at the end of the year, I would have known. And it's all of this stuff is just gone from my mind. I'm going to guess this, nine. You're, be, you're becoming me. This is what happens. You yeah. forget everything that happened. Yes. I can't remember what I, I wrote something after the Super Bowl. I couldn't tell you probably 10 things that happened in the Super Bowl. What did you say about yes. eighth? I said and nine. Zach said 16. nine. He said 16th. Uh, it is 13th. Okay. So he okay. was 13th against the Blitz. That wasn't really his kryptonite. Uh, really, if you look at the numbers, the numbers paint a picture of a guy who struggled 
when teams just rushed four and said, we're dropping seven into coverage, go through your progressions. We don't need to do anything special to pressure you. When he faced four or fewer, 27th in EPA per play yeah. against the blitz. So as we're trying to look ahead and say, hey, how are teams going to defend the Eagles now with this year of film on Jalen Hurts? Uh, I think that that's something to keep in mind, that that is pro- might be what they face more of. It's not, hey, make him make a quick decision. It's, uh, you know, even if our front four takes a little bit of time to get home, uh, he's not going to be able to go through everything and make the plays he needs to. He might panic at some point. He might leave the pocket before he needs to. So, I don't know, that was somewhat interesting. Where would you put that on the interesting scale? Uh, one to 100, let's give it. Uh, to- 73. Wow. Wait, wow. is 100 like the most interesting thing? Yeah, I think I find oh, that to be Zach interesting. Zach gassing me up. All right. Yeah, I mean, are we uh, talking yeah. about on the scale like of a, like Eagles a, minutia or just low? For, like, for a June 29th podcast yeah, that no one like likes to be doing. A yeah. president like decides Speak for not yourself to have magnometers <laughs> at the Capitol. Is that my... Wait, sorry, <laughs> that's 100. I missed what he said. I'm just trying to figure out the scale. If it's just Eagles adjusted <laughs> yeah. on what's interesting or if it's like what's interesting in the world. Uh, uh, <laughs> Eagles adjusted. Yeah. Okay. And then Eagles adjusted, I would give it for a June nugget. Uh, 39. Under 50? That's outrageous. You could give me, if I gave a hundred nuggets, you would say most of them would be more interesting than that. Get the hell out. Go to Helsinki. But we already we'll knew that Jalen Hurts was better against the Blitz than against, against. Oh, uh, really? Because a minute ago, you're saying, I don't remember what it was. Well, yeah, I don't remember exactly where it was, but okay. I knew that he was better at that than. I'm thinking about just quitting this uh, this exercise and just getting to not my sender, not his sender, to your sender. Yeah. But uh, I'll continue with a couple more here. All right. Uh, Dallas Goddard, my boy. Where do you think he ranked in yards per route run among all tight ends who ran uh, at least 200 routes? There were 41 such players, by the way. Fourth. Hmm. I'd say nine. First. Okay. Mm. First out of 41. George Kittle. Travis I'm going to give Kelsey. that a 69. Please. Please. That's like in the 90s based on your guys' response there. Outstanding nugget. Yeah, Dallas can 922 yards, playoff game included. Uh, first out of 41 tight ends. In yards per out run. I think you've written that, that recently. Have uh, uh, Yeah, that jumps out. Me to me. Hey, yes. No, Shield. Did you put something out on, on, on that? On I mean, I haven't written anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote one Ray That's all right. I look story. forward to the next thing. Okay. <laughs> I wrote my one Ray Dinger story, and uh, and then it was jumping into uh, playbook prep. So, no, I, did, I definitely have not written that recently, <laughs> depending on your definition of recently. All right, so that was a good one, Goddard. I don't have a lot more. That here. was a good one. I give uh, it a I give it an eighty-three. Okay. All right, here's my last one. Uh, there were fifty-three players last year who had at least one hundred carries. What a good number! Anytime you, we get a fifty-three, I'm excited. Where did Jalen Hurts rank in success rate? For those of you who don't know, success rate just means was it an uh, an EPA positive play 
or not. So that could mean if it's third and two and you get three yards, that's EPA positive. If it's third and two and you get 53 yards, that's EPA positive. They're just, it's either a successful run or it's not a successful run. So again, 53 players, all positions included, had at least 100 carries last year. Where did Jalen Hurts rank in terms of success rate? 14. So uh, the reason I'm pausing here is is I actually had to write a story uh, about Jalen Hurts for our fantasy uh, a fantasy football story that's going to be coming out soon. And there was a nugget on success rate that was in there, but I think it was within a historical context among mobile quarterbacks as opposed to last year. Okay. And the, the number there was eight. So I'm, I'm going to go eight just for consistency purposes, but the stat that I have, uh, I like was... that Marissa's nodding along like eight was, it was, good. <laughs> that was, that was my guess in my head was eight. Okay. Oh, okay. why did we not what a terrible job. That was Marissa. Not being no, because I could be guesses. totally off. So I'm glad that my, listen, my you hear these there. guys, they're way off on every one of these yeah. and they cover the team. But when Zach said that, I was like, Oh my God, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure answer? you check out those articles as well. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the, an <laughs> good sell, Bo. Uh, the answer is second. Wow. Second best rusher in terms of success rate. Ran for 823 yards. That's the playoffs included, but of course he missed the start there. Uh, produced a successful outcome on 58.8% of his runs. Now that does include scrambles. He was behind only one player. Who do you think that one player was? Lamar Jackson. Incorrect, but good guess. I think he was top 10. Josh Allen. That's correct. Okay, that's a good one. Josh nice. Allen. Uh, Josh Allen's rushing numbers are pretty uh, pretty ridic ridiculous how much he sort of saved that offense uh, with his legs last year and really over the last couple of years. Uh, but Hertz ran for 57 first downs, tied for eighth among all players. That includes every running back in the NFL. He produced a first down on 38.8% of his runs, which again ranked second behind only Josh Allen. So I sort of feel like with Hertz, we don't like to watch him and think, oh my gosh, we're watching Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. There was the one run against the Saints that, uh, you know, that was sort of one of those highlight reel runs. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, on a week-to-week -week basis, it's a it's an exercise of you look at the box score and are like, oh, those are pretty good uh, rushing numbers. And yes, he was a factor, but it's not like, oh my God, this, uh, this is a generational runner, but his numbers really were like, uh, you know, unbelievable last year when you look at what he did uh, as a runner. And of course, that's going to have to continue to be a big part of their offense. Again, those are designed runs, option runs, scrambles, everything gets included in there. Right. So it makes the, sense. Uh, it makes sense that a quarterback would have a high, a, a running quarterback would have a high success rate because you're only running when, when it makes sense to run for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. Like he's not necessarily, not, he's, he's not the most runs, option runs. Okay, with some sure. of these guys. Uh, but he's not, you're right. He's not the most like dynamic runner. He, he sort of takes what's there uh, and does it in like a non-splashy way. Some, most of the time. Um, so, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a huge part of the offense. Go ahead, Zach. So to that point to compare him to other mobile quarterbacks or other quarterbacks who have run since 2028 quarterbacks have, have featured at least one, or, or I should say 28 quarterbacks have had at least 100 carries in a season. Um, among that group Hertz is number eight in success rate and number eight in total rushing EPA. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
um, just some of the good one store away there and credit to uh, to our editor to, to <coughs> not our editor to editor Aaron Reese um, who helped with some of those stats for that fantasy football previews. Shield, do you have where Miles Sanders ranked on success rate of those fifty three? I do. Do you want to guess what it is? I was going to finish actually with, oh. with a Miles Sanders question, but why don't you? Why don't we go with that one? And Marissa, you have to guess out of out of fifty three players, where did Miles Sanders rank in success rate? Miles Sanders had seven hundred and seventy yards last season. Marissa. 15. No, are you, well, you're going to make her go first? All right, 15th. All right. Well, I don't want to prejudice her. I'm going to guess 47th. I'll, I'll go 46th just to jump ahead in front of Bo. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. This is no, a I'm, great I, exercise. I'm doing game well, theory I mean, here. I'm jumping in front I mean, this, of Bo here. Trying to be closer to the pin. Well, that's true. Uh, but you're yeah. both, you would both lose handily to oh, Marissa, yeah. which again, yeah. another example of why she should yeah. be included more of her knowledge. I agree with that. Well, you know, that, that's, that's old line play stuff, the run <laughs> game. I mean, we're not talking about you pretty throwing the ball out there. I mean, we need in the trenches. Uh, and, and this is a good example of how like Miles Sanders, like the, the perception of Miles Sanders, I think is, is very different from the reality. I'm not telling you he's a great back. He ranked 21st. Okay. Out of 53 players. But he was the, above the, the, one, the one thing I know is that he was the he had the lowest success rate of the three Eagles running backs. He had okay. the best yards per carry, but he his success rate was worse than Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, which would sort of accurately well, how tells many carries the story did they of get? Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it, it yeah. might have been a smaller sample size, but that's why I okay. guess so low is because I knew that he was worse, which mm -hmm. I think is the right story. He is he's the most explosive, but also the least reliable. Okay, well then, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I looked at, you know, I actually I think this is a. I, I, and well, let's give another shout out to Aaron Reese because I think this is a report that he created uh, in True Media. Uh, so, fifty-three players with hundred carries, uh, in terms of percentage of runs that went for zero or negative yards, where do you think uh, Miles Sanders ranked? So, uh, number one on this list would be the player who never, you know, the best at it, never gets stopped at the line of scrimmage or okay. negative yards. 53 would be the player that the highest percentage of his runs get stopped at the line of scrimmage or for negative yards. Adrian Killens, basically. I'm going to say uh, 29th. 28th. What a segment I just created out of thin air, you know, during the break, just jotting down some notes again. Now this could this all is be why wrong. you're a podcast extraordinaire. Yeah. So Dayniz, I mean, if you want to correct all this and tell us what the hell is Shield talking about, half of the things he said was wrong. Again, none of this was fact checked, but he 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 was ninth best. Just 13.2% of his runs went for zero or negative yards. So the reputation of Miles Sanders is boomer bust. That it's tells me well. too much. Well, actually, yes. Well, let me, I mean, let me finish. I mean, okay, I would agree. Okay. Yes. They, they had a very good run blocking line. They had Jalen Hurts. There were not going to be a lot of opportunities perhaps, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, if in your head you were thinking this guy is just, you know, taking these negative plays time after time, that's incorrect. If you want to say he dances a little bit and you know, he could have got 12 there and he only got three because he tried to hit a home run. I do think the film uh, certainly 
would back that up. But you know, it's such a subjective thing. Like you don't like, like, I don't know that anyone's charting, you know, how many times did every running back not hit the hole and try to create a big play and you know, Oh my gosh, Miles Sanders does that all the time. I, I can think of examples throughout. Yes. Uh, I think that's fair, but I think some of those numbers would suggest that, uh, you know, prob probably statistically, uh, fans are probably a little bit too hard on him, or you could also just make the case that, uh, this scheme with this offensive line with Jalen Hurts, anybody is going to be uh, pretty good back there. And if you can create some explosive plays, then more power to you. So this is not a, hey, go pay Miles Sanders uh, a second contract. I do not believe that. Go pay any running back uh, with this scheme and quarterback a second contract. At the same time, if we're looking just at his numbers in a year that I don't think anyone would say was a great, uh, you know, even an above average year for Miles Sanders. Uh, maybe there, maybe there's um, some room for him to be uh, a better player here in 2022. And maybe we judge 2021 a little bit too harshly. Well said. All right. Uh, let's take a little break. Wait, and... wait, one quick thing though, before we jump off, just, uh, um... oh, was that wrong? That could have all been wrong. No, no, no. This is, uh, <laughs> this goes back to our last show, which was the NFC East draft, mm. oh, which, yes. Bo, which Bo said that he won. And, uh, that's we should have had you send up pick a winner. I was thinking, mm. no. So I actually, a, a, yeah. a listener suggested something interesting to me and, and, and this would tie into, to, um, I guess tangentially you send the show. It's, even though it's not about Madden, um, but someone said we should put all the teams in the Madden and virtually play them and see who wins. I think that's a really good idea, considering I have the better quarterback, I have the top pass rusher. So I think and it's a good idea. Considering you have a PlayStation yeah, and, Five in your office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Marissa. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah, Zach's got like seven pass rushers in his 11 man defense. Of course, he wants it to be on Madden. Go ahead, Shield. Oh, I have a question actually as it pertains yeah. to the NFC East quarterbacks. Let's do this exercise. What did you guys pick for the Eagles record with Jalen Hurts? 11 and 7. I think 11 and 6. I think 11 and 6. Or oh, I thought I said that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I, I, had, I had 10 and 7, but I've since. Switch to eleven and six. I I think I, I went. Yeah, I switched to actually yeah. during doing these uh, skeleton yeah. chapters. My first draft, I've got Eagles eleven six, Cowboys. Yeah, 10 so you guys are coming yeah. over to my side. Yeah. So um, we'll see if they. All right. So let's say eleven so, wins with Jalen Hurts. So yeah. I mean, I think that's reasonable. Again, the over unders nine. What nine and a half? So we're all uh, being homers here. But let's say eleven wins. Let's say Dak. You just everything else is the same. You do a straight up Jalen Hurts for Dak Prescott. How many wins do you think they have? I would still only, I think it's just hard to pick a team to go 13 and four. So I would, I would probably just say 12. I would say 12 as well. So one more win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you trade Jalen hurts for Daniel Jones. How many wins do you think they have? I'll subtract one. Uh, I'm, I'm subtracting more than that. I think I go down to seven, seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay, see, I I would disagree with that. I I yeah, think that I know that uh, that's because he's the quarterback on your roster. So, 
Well, no, true. I mean, I, listen, I did not, <laughs> I did not ploy to have him as the quarterback on my roster. And actually, statistically, if you look at it, uh, I don't have my Giants chapter up here, but really, there's no example of a guy being as bad as he's been uh, throughout his first what three years, and then suddenly being like a good quarterback. At the same time, I think if you kind of watch him and you say, "Man, if you plugged him in with this offensive line, this coaching staff, these weapons." Uh, I don't think you'd be crazy to say they could have uh, around the same wins uh, that they would have with Jalen Hurts. I, I, now, again, statistically, that would not be a good argument because Hurts has already performed at a level just as a passer in the passing game, if you include scrambles in terms of like EPA per play, that Jones has never gotten to. Uh, but you can, and usually you come up on the wrong side of things when you make this argument, but when you make the, hey, his supporting cast has been so terrible, but man, that Giants supporting cast has been so, so terrible that it is kind of an interesting exercise. I definitely would not go far as far down as uh, Bo goes. I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they could definitely be, I think they could be above 500 uh, and, and I don't nine think so. to 11 games with Daniel Jones as their quarterback. All the pieces we'll in know. place here. You don't incredible. get the we'll you don't get know. you don't get the the built-in advantage in the running game. You don't get the force of you personality. Don't, but you, could, you, you could get you could get some of the scrambling. Uh he can scramble. He is a he is a good athlete. And uh I mean just the tools to work with as a passer, I think, are superior to Hertz. Again, this is when you get into arguments that make you look stupid uh, a year later because those things don't always translate. But I don't think that I I think that's almost like uh would I don't think that's um what's the word I'm looking for? Crazy? Not not hyperbole, yeah. not argumentative. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. why I, I don't know. I think I think, I think yeah. you're I think it's probably yeah. the right argument, but I just think he stinks. So, so uh, okay. He, he, oh, I'm sorry, go um, on. Well, I didn't fit Carson, the last one. Carson last Wentz. Yeah. Carson went this the current Carson Wentz with uh this supporting cast coaching everything else the same. So Gardner Minshew's playing about 13 games. Well, I mean, the Colts went what last year? They went nine and eight last year. I think that's right. I think and I would go eight. This supporting cast far superior to that yeah, one. Yeah. So, say. so I'd probably go ten. I'd, I'd probably go nine or ten. Right. I'd go eight. Yeah. All right. So you think they would win more games with Wentz than Daniel Jones? So you think I should yes. have yeah. taken Wentz over Daniel Jones? I would. No, have. I don't. But yeah. I think they would win more games. I would have. You yeah. understood why I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You made the right decision. Right. But. Uh, where do you think Wentz will rank in EPA? What what kind of season are you expecting from Carson Wentz? Where will he rank in EPA per play uh, among all starters or uh, quarterbacks with, let's say, 200 dropbacks next season? What do you think? Does we haven't really qualify. talked about Wentz in Washington other than like LOL Wentz in Washington. But how do you actually think he's going to play? LOL Wentz in Washington. That's how he I think was he's going to play. He, he was 16th last year in EPA per play. I would argue that's a very, this is one of those where the, the number is very deceiving. I feel like if you watched him uh, every week, but he was three of the last four years, he's been in the top 18 in EPA per play. So that's taking the disastrous 2020 into account. That's not saying any, you know, 2017 is not a part of that. So three of the last four years, he has been a top 20 quarterback statistically. Do you think he will be a top 20 starter in 2022? I yes. think if he qualifies, which is a pretty big caveat, uh, I, I think it's it's hard for me to expect him to fall all the way down because of uh, the rest of the league. But yeah, I mean, I think he's going to 
be like 19th or 20th. And I think his season is going to be LOL Wentz in Washington. I think it's going to be an ab- abject disaster. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll, he'll okay. be in that in in that middle, you know, in, in that middle ten. I think it's fair to say. I would say no, but this is you know that that's why I picked Daniel Jones uh, ahead of him. Yeah. Statistically, the case would be that he should be uh, in there, and you know he played started seventeen games last year. Is that right? He didn't he didn't miss a game for COVID. I thought he missed a game for COVID in there. No, he did I'm not. Seeing seventeen he- games. Yeah, he he started the game, but they oh. lost, and they he was. Uh, uh, they changed the rule. He didn't. No, he yeah, he didn't practice all all week, and so I think that's what happened. Right. He's missed four. He's only, he's only missed four games in the last three years. I think some teams might wish that he missed more. Jeez. Hmm, okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's take a little break. Uh, I think. Just programming-wise, we'll probably be off next week as we're in the middle of the doldrums, and then uh, Zach and I will be back uh, with Marissa a week after that before we get ready for the Ospreys, which uh, promised to be Mm. a memorable one this year, I would say. So uh, we'll take a little break. Back on the other side with Tony Ascenda talking players, which you all need to watch. If you want, you can pause right now, go watch a couple episodes, pick it back up, and listen to uh, the fun conversation with with Tony Asano. I would recommend that. That's a, that's oh. a rare uh, good recommendation. To also, the listeners, you, I would say you should give the promo me. code now that 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 Tony gave right yeah. promo code players. Paramount Second. Plus. Yep. yep. Go sign up. Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus. I think, yep. I think the first two episodes might still be free on YouTube, but do the do the Paramount Plus. Come on, give him a little give him a little player. <laughs> Paramount Jeez. Plus players. Let's go. <laughs> Gas up, Yasanda. Here we go. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. As promised, we are back on Birds with Friends. And I think one of the rules of Birds with Friends is that as Casey walks into the room, uh, Casey, you want to say hi? We're talking to Tony Ascenda. This is a big deal, Casey. Come say hi to Tony. Hi, Casey. Say hi. All right. Uh, I think one of the rules of Birds with Friends is that we're, we, we always want to gas up friends of the pod. But I mean... Uh, if if there is ever an actual opportunity to to throw our our relative weight behind uh, something as good as this, we have to do it. So Tony uh, has just uh, has, well tell us about players, which I have watched. I we're up in Maine right now, and on the drive up, we stopped in like you know we drove seven hours one night, stopped in a hotel in Massachusetts for the night, 
the kids went to bed. Rachel went to bed. I'm just sitting there in the dark in this like uh, in this hotel room. I fire up the first episode of Players, and I am just sitting there like with the, this childish grin on my face all night long. It was fantastic. I have I have loved it. I would say that you are you can't be a minion if you're not watching Players, but uh, we're we're happy to have you, Tony. Thank you for having me, and thank you for watching the show, which is on Paramount Plus. And Players is it's basically. Uh, the, the Last Dance or Drive to Survive, one of these premium docu-series, except we are following the, the fictional esports gaming team called Fugitive Gaming as they try to win, as a player named Cream Cheese tries to win his first LCS title. And it is, it's an alternate dimension, and we take it very, a very realistic approach, I think, because uh, we use the actual game and the actual teams in this very real league that sells out the Staples Center and Madison Square Garden for, for these events. And uh, we get to play in our fictional world. Um, and hopefully it's not just for fans of gamers, but fans of traditional sports who realize that like all of the mechanisms are kind of the, the same. Well, you as someone who, who followed Classics for Shield, it's past the Classics for Shield test. I mean, I'm not looking <laughs> at my phone uh, during this. Well, you know, it takes you to a world. I, I like shows that take me to a world that I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, but I also like that it's not, you know, we had just finished Severance. Uh, the Kapadia mom and dad had just finished Severance. We're jumping into Ozark. But as I've mentioned before, it's nine o'clock. You put the, you know, someone's being crazy. The kids being nuts. You go down. Sometimes I don't want to be in the severance world. We need to be in the right mindset to watch severance. We love severance, but this takes me to a nice place. We know we're going to have some laughs. We know it's going to be light. We know it's going to be fun. We know it's going to be funny. So uh, listen, if this show stunk, uh, we would still have you on and we right. would still have to say good things about it because you are a BWF listener. But luckily, I mean, it's very rare that we get the BWF listener and we actually are loving the content uh, that they create. So, yes, I absolutely uh, do do recommend it to our audience. And we probably did this well, terribly. That- I mean, what we should have done is we should have given the shout out last week, said everyone watch the five episodes. Right. Come in, give us your questions, and we could just be talking about the show. Now we like can't get too much into the show because we don't want to spoil it. So uh, I would blame that on you, Bo, because you you did set this up. <laughs> well, also we I recorded the last I... week's episode like three weeks ago. So I feel I feel a little bit mixed about Ashiel Kabadia uh, endorsement, though, because some of the <laughs> the movies that you've hated are some of the greatest movies ever made. So, and he also liked Joe and Rager, so <laughs> and he could be completely no, cursing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want you cursing the show, Shield. Well, listen, this is another is, Severance is so good. That <laughs> yeah, show, no, I love when you when yeah. you when you finish up Severance on Apple TV, sign mm. up for Paramount Plus promo code yeah. players, you get a, nice. a free oh, few. Weeks. I like that. You can, you can binge the, the first few episodes, and like I said, you don't need to be. Here's an analogy for you. You don't need to know esports to get into it as as kind of design. Like when I listen to Birds with Friends, I feel you guys don't dumb it down at all. We're having Zach pull to our own undrafted yeah. free agents from <laughs> you know 2003, <laughs> and you know where he went to college. But it just like 
that makes me feel like I'm in good hands with people that know the the world inside and out so that when you guys are having a more digestible debate about something that I can invest in, I, I now, you guys have more credibility. So I'm able to enjoy that where I'm like, these guys are, these guys are all mini Ray Dittingers and they, uh, I, <laughs> mini I being the operative word. That's why I love, yeah. That's why I love <laughs> Never this show enough so much. Um, so, so what's the, the threshold for spoilers here? Because I, I do have questions, but I don't want to give, I'm not going to give away any plot lines, but are there details that I can, I can I think, bring up? I think you'll, you'll be able to find that line. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll, we can talk about okay. the first, I'll be the judge first of couple that. episodes. You know, it's about cream okay. cheese and organism trying to figure out how so, they can work together in the bot lane. So my, my and, and, and this is probably on brand for me asking this, organism, for those who've watched it and for those who are going to watch it. Of course, is this from, is your first question. Is from Philadelphia, okay? Um, <laughs> one little detail, the, the, the father and the brother, the football uniform, was that St. Joe's prep? Uh, or, we, okay. we pulled it, what, a, it's, uh, what an opening question. Wow. It's unbelievable. It's for, or sinus college colors. That's where my sister okay. went, went okay. to college. Okay. She's a he's a okay. D three basketball player. That's and right. yeah, we just wanted we wanted the uh, the star to be the underdog from from Philly. Um, yep. And we got there's a handful of Philly connections in this too. We yes. were very fortunate. We were able to talk to Daryl Morey, who used to uh, he used to run. The, an LCS organization while he was the GM of the Rockets. Uh, and he tried to like money ball esports and he realized early on that that's impossible because they have all these patch updates. So their data set changes all the time and stuff. But he, he was really like, really saw the future of this world. Uh, and there is a lot of nepotism between, or, or a lot of uh, crossover between the NBA world and uh and league of legends world so like that part of the uh of the series is not fictionalized at all speaking yeah, of that they, yes yeah, yeah speaking of that why the sacramento kings because there was a laugh out loud line yes. in the first episode regarding the kings i'm curious why the king's shade what's what's the king's the the king's angle there well here's the it had to be a guy who we bought living in los angeles so it needed to be a west coast team okay. uh and then lakers too prominent clippers to donald sterling so it came yeah. down to either the suns or the kings and then it was the suns in the beginning of the room because we started writing this years ago and they needed to be sort of like a middling team and then the suns became the they best team good. in the yeah. nba so the king started to catch some shade from us. <laughs> I like so, it. like you, you talked about this, and like I have really no penetration in in esports. Like I'm I'm aware of it, uh, but I like I, I don't fully understand what's going on. I don't understand like how many different games are being played, like the, the different leagues for different type of games. But it, it's it the, the show does such a good job of like there is. Like it takes no time at all to like sort of realize what's going on. And I don't even know like what's real versus what you guys are making up in terms of like the mechanics of the games. But but you guys did did such a good job of that. What is your 
Like, what is your esports background? How did you come to it? Well, I came in like very anthropologically. Like, there are kids that are selling out the Staples Center to watch other kids play. We went to these things, and it is bizarre because they're just on stage and they're not even moving, and the <laughs> crowd is going nuts. And then uh, I just heard I, we went to Riot, and I heard the way they're talking about like the relationship between the ADC and the support, and like the way they were talking about you know, counter logic gaming is the same way me and my buddies at home talk about the, the Eagles. And then that's when you realize like, this doesn't, this isn't necessarily a show about gaming. This is a traditional sports show in this crazy alternate dimension where these like gamers are, they're truly rock stars. When you're around them, they're like, they are rock stars in such a bizarre way. So we were just fascinated by it. And then then we learned the mechanics and it's all real because not only did we have like esports writers in the room at all times but some of the actors on set were our real pro gamers okay. and then we had we have a former coach next to me behind video village who's like they wouldn't actually say that and that's the sort of thing that like you and i would never be able to pinpoint like hey that's inaccurate but um Another recommendation for you, Sheil, is Queen's Gambit. Uh, hey, <laughs> okay. th that's a show about chess, and they don't dumb down the chess at all. You feel the research, you feel the accuracy, but you're just staying involved because you know, you know what this means emotionally for the characters. So I'm glad it's, glad it's working for you guys. I, I was thinking of how to describe it, so I don't know if you will take this as a compliment, an insult. I could be completely off base, but you know, we just let it rip on uh, Birds with Friends. I felt like it was Silicon Valley meets the Last Dance about esports. Is that a is a, how how do you feel about that description? We may not have. We may have said something very similar when we were pitching <laughs> oh, the show. Oh, all right, so, good, very, very good. So I go ahead. And you've said enough nice things about Dave over the past yeah. year that we, another great show. You know, you can you can let it rip on, on players. <laughs> okay. You could be you could be honest. You've built enough goodwill. Well, well the Capadia uh, brothers-in-law actually are are into this. You know, the the gaming stuff. I mean, my brother-in-law when we lived in uh, Kirkland when I was covering the Seahawks. They drove up from Portland and he went to, I think I was doing some research on this Dota 2. This is that, yep. That's a game, I believe, Dota 2. He went to Key Arena, uh, former Sonics Arena, for like three days. I mean, he's waking up at our house, going every day, spending the day there. It's sold out. I believe it was sold out, the entire thing. I mean, there was like 24 million in uh, prizes there. And then the brother-in-law on the wife's side uh, had his own Twitch stream at one point before really he settled down and uh wow. got married so yeah there are there are people and and i was the same way i was like i don't really uh understand this but i'm like i do a, you know what i'm doing is so stupid too i mean i'm watching yes. like a sporting event and you know and totally into it and writing about it and someone is like paying me for this all of this is stupid you know unless you're like a, a nurse or a doctor or a teacher like we could probably name like the you know there's probably like 20 professions where you're actually doing something uh the rest of this is you know, gaming, i wouldn't even go that sports, far yeah, yeah it is it, stuff like that it is it is bizarre because like it will make you feel really old to have these like these kids talking about like well 
this new item in this new meta, they need to nerf this champion because he's going to come and doesn't, it, this team comp doesn't make sense. And there's so much for you. Like, oh my God. How, why would you learn all of this stuff? And then I'm done and I turn on birds with friends and you're talking to, about the DVOA of the, you know, this certain, and you're like, oh, it's this, it's the exact same thing. It's just our society for, you know, 70 years has been like because these guys are physical gods we we mm. see why we're watching that and this seems so arbitrary that it's like you're just watching kids play video games but when you really get into like the amount of dedication and sacrifice that goes into being one of the world's best players it is it really is uh apples to apples it's just i don't know it, it is it is just a, a complete it's still sobering. I still need to pinch myself when I'm at one of these one of these events. Were there inspirations for the specific characters? Like, are are they based on esport players? Are they based on professional players and coaches? And I asked specifically about Coach Braxton because he's he's quickly becoming one of my my favorite characters yeah, on he's, here. He's, he's a good a great character. Uh, we have. Uh, it was a cool room. It was a mix of like people who knew traditional sports, people who knew esports, and people who knew nothing about either world. So it'd be fun to have like basketball is the easiest reference because it's a five on five game. Uh, it's, it was kind of modeled after it. So you'd be like, this person, this is like the the uh, two thousand four or two thousand thirteen Oklahoma City Thunder, and like cream cheese is Russell Westbrook who hasn't quite gotten there and for and we would have these sports analogies that would help our esports writers who like knew both then give us comps in the esports world we're like and personality wise he's like this ADC Dardock and you'd go back and forth so it's like an amalgamation of uh people in both worlds um I, I think the the most relevant uh, connection I can make was we we were in the writers room during the the Sixers collapse with uh, the you know where Ben Simmons passes up that that dunk over Trey Young and I just found myself I was like so angry at this like 24 year old Australian kid like he did it just to stick it in our faces and then I'm like what is wrong with me why am I so mad at this kid have some perspective so writing this show was a little bit of like catharsis for starting to like be compassionate and empathize with like these kids that we get so worked up about like watching from home yeah. One of the things that uh, I always have trouble answering is like um, when someone asks me like, what, what do you do in the off season? Or like, you know, what do you like take me through like the beats of your job? Uh, but I'm going to ask you like the novice outsider question. What was the process like and how long did it take? And, and what were the steps from like ideation of the show to, you know, scripting, selling the show, shooting, all that stuff? Can, can you sort of. Yeah, I. Yeah, I want to know about the pit, the pitch process uh, yeah. as well uh, for the show. Well, it goes, I mean, we were talking back when we, our first show was called American Vandal, which was on Netflix, also which was like good. another yeah. mockumentary series. And we were talking about like, how do we make this? Uh, our favorite documentary subgenre was sports. So we had been like circling the esports premium sports doc for a while. So we're we're building this out, making connections at Riot, 
and that everything takes a long time sort of building it out researching the world and then i'll go off and direct some episodes of dave dan is like writing Flex. this other feature film and then we'll come back and then we will like uh pitch this show to riot and then riot has to do a deal with uh viacom with cbs and that takes a year so we'll go and we'll do something else so we've been like really working on this show for like four years um and it's it's fun it's your to baby finally see it see it out there so yeah appreciate you having me on and letting me uh letting me plug it yeah, I mean, if we can get what our audience to listen, that's at least what two, three hundred uh, million viewers. I would, yeah. oh, million, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say uh, really could put you over the top. Now, I did hear there was a there was a line in there. I can't remember which which guy said it, but he was comparing something to option routes uh, in football. Yes. And I wasn't. I, I thought, hey, is there, maybe there's some birds with friends. I was gonna give us, you know, gas us up a little bit, give us a little uh, credit. Any other bir birds with friends inspiration? Do we think maybe, you know, in a, a future episode, maybe you need like uh, an Indian podcaster, you know, a bald guy uh, in there, anything like that um, to kind of further this, uh, this burgeoning relationship? The, the, the mid laner <laughs> was called Garbanzo until production and it didn't unbelievable clearance so that was oh. that was the attempt of the attempt of shout out but something we've been waiting for this get. forever okay we, yeah we have time yeah, and, that, I mean, this and that is gonna was be before, on for many seasons then then you said on the podcast that you're like oh we should try to get something on abbott elementary yeah. I'm like, we had already yeah. wrapped production and I should have made right. I should have made another effort after Garbanzo didn't go. But that's a good name for a mid laner. Garbanzo, that would have been that would have been so good. Oh man! Yeah. In Absolutely. in the first episode, Pablo Torre gets the uh, cameo there, or the, at least the voice gets the cameo. That that could have been she was the national reporter. I right? missed that, Pablo. He got the. Um, we have a, we have a Dan Patrick coming up. Oh yeah, I saw that Dan Patrick. Yeah. Okay, was that Pablo Torre though, or am I, I mistaken? No, I, I don't think. <laughs> okay. No I'm, editing. Wow. No, we, <laughs> have, we have a uh, riot archive footage, but I don't think anything. Okay. Made that. Wow. There's a. It's a sound alike. <laughs> That's that was tough. In my notes there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tony, how would you how would you split the turkeys of success of Dave between your directing, uh, Taylor Meshack's acting, and Zach's article on Little Dicky? <laughs> I think you gotta go. You gotta go, Taylor. Taylor Mishak won. I made this mistake earlier when I was talking to. We were talking to Daryl, and I'm like, "What's the what's the best contract on the Sixers?" And he's like, he gave a kind of political answer, uh, and then he's like, "What's the best contract on on your show?" And I'm like, "That's interesting." And you'll see Taylor's in later episodes, and she's like, "What?" What are you talking about? You got me at such a friends and family discount. <laughs> yes, she's the best. So I'm still, I'm still making up for, for that. But now, I agree. now she is outstanding. And she also Taylor's so great in that show. And she also, uh, like, I, I showed her some Birds with Friends clips of you guys like talking about Dave, and she was excited about that. But then she walked in. Uh, I was picking her up from somewhere and I was just like giggling, listening to Bo 
sing about Ben Den- or sing as Ben Denicki. Oh, and she's like, "What are you listening? <laughs> to? I cannot do this." And she made me turn you guys off. So, you know, that's understandable. I, mean, that's, that's, I tell her like I feel the same highlight. way many times. Yeah. No, it's the best. You guys, you guys, it's it is amazing how the podcast is simultaneously like some of the dumbest, most unpretentious stuff. And then you guys are the bastion of like the most reasoned, like journalistic integrity that I can find in the space. And that contradiction is why it is. I just recommend it to, uh, to everybody who is, uh, is an Eagles fan. And my poll is, less, I don't that. think my, my endorsement goes too far, but you know, <laughs> I've got you a few listeners. <laughs> Um, I want to get the, into the Eagles yeah, fandom. Yeah. I mean, that's a yeah, good, uh, that's a good launching off point. Sorry, Bo. Do you have uh no, you, I mean, I've got I mean, like, I like felt minor... like you gave me, like I, I gave you the opening there. Yeah. It's okay. I felt like you, you made me in. wait to be where I thought I had to jump in. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have all the background. Where'd you grow up? You are now, I know you're a, you're a Philly sports fan, not just an Eagles fan. And was this a sickness from uh, your youth? And then going out to uh, LA even intensifies when you are uh, taking on other fans. Give give us the backstory of your Philadelphia and Eagles fandom. Yeah, I, well, I started. I became an Eagles fan when uh, Rodney Pete got injured and Ty Detmer went in and almost. Mm. I love a good story. Nineteen ninety seven, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. The six nine and one year, uh, but it was. Uh, that's the Ty, Ty Detmer was the future to me. I got the jersey, and I'm like, he's going <laughs> to prove everybody wrong. It did not work out that way, but I love that story. And then really haven't missed missed an Eagles game since. Uh, but, like, I'm not there, – there are guys I talk to who know everything about all of the teams, and I'm very sort of just I, – I, I watch the, the Eagles on Sunday and casually check my – my fantasy team, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a casual Eagles fan at this point. But being in LA, finding the group of people to watch it with every weekend, it is it's, it's it becomes even more necessary when you're when you're no longer in the city. Go ahead, Zach. I was going to ask about uh, Dave crossovers. There, mm. can you uh, fill our listeners in on your background on Dave? Because we have gazed that up. And, uh, and, and I, I, I think, I, I don't think, uh, Bo adequately explained, no, no disrespect to Bo, uh, another shot every episode now, Bo, why you, yeah, yeah. Why you were uh, particularly bullish on one character on the show. So can you explain that as well? Uh, on, on day. Oh, yes. Uh, My uh, Dave has been about, I've been working on. Dave's music videos for for years. So I and then I met Taylor Mishak, who plays his girlfriend on the show, like seven years ago. And uh, now she she's incredible on it, and we are we are together. Um, so Big that's facts. why it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why we brought up uh, Allie because yes. you know, obviously. Gata, I've known Gata for six years too, but I'm just not in a romantic relationship with Gata. So that's why I didn't bring it up. Gata's fantastic. I I think you directed my favorite episode. 
that uh, on of of Dave, which was when he went back to Cheltenham or Elkins Park. What was the Meet the Birds or or, or the Birds? The birds, episode? yeah, yeah. The, the the parents are such good actors. Uh, it was it's always a, a pleasure to to uh, work with them. And even after season one, uh, because I'm close with Dave, I can be like, hey, if there's a parents episode in season two, can I? <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But uh, I was able to kind of put a dibs on that one. And so, what is what is the background on on you know you getting into to this line of work? How did how did that uh, dream begin? How did how did it get fulfilled? I it, you know I've been making movies since I was like eight years old, and I you know with the my friends in the neighborhood we we always had a camera, and um, I don't know it was. Like every kid, it was either like, I'm going to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles or I'm going to make movies. And then it was pretty clear in Pop Warner, which was the the possibility. Uh, so I ended up going to film school, made some shorts, started working for like college humor uh, and made the these little dicky music videos. And, you know, they started doing well. Then that was enough to... Uh, to get me in rooms to pitch this crazy idea for a show called American Vandal. And while that's happening, the pilot of Dave is happening. So it's kind of like the past five or six years has been when I've sort of transitioned from, you know, shorts for comedy shorts for the web into, into TV. And what about, what about the co-writing process? Like, uh, balancing out those personalities every day. This is something that that is familiar mm -hmm. to us uh, to to some degree. What is what is that relationship like with with Dan? Your partner? Yeah, that is, that is interesting. I mean, each one sort of has a different. Sometimes he's bringing the idea, and I'm just like bringing the shape and like the tone and the architecture. And sometimes it's my idea, and he's punching up with comedy. Um, there's times where it's a room where. I'm running the room and then we have eight people and there's other times where it's like Dave's show and I'm just like throwing some ideas out there for him and the writers to maybe latch on to. So I, I, there's no, there's no one way. I imagine it's the same with you guys where uh, if you guys are going to write a, write something together, uh, sometimes somebody will, will take the, will be at the typewriter and other somebody else's, throwing in or how does that work with you guys then we get steven cohen to come in and clean it all up zach you want you have anything you want to vent about here i mean this seems like a good opening no nothing to vent i, I enjoy working <laughs> with both of you guys so yeah, yeah no venting okay I hope it lasts forever. No, uh, no we had so in times when we've worked together we've hmm. we've we've all kind of taken separate uh separate parts of the story and then we have a good editor bring it all together oh that's yeah i thought the original yeah, the the if we were left to do it by that's really only we've really only done that once. Bad. Yeah, that that one. Oh, Bo and I, Bo and I, yeah. I team up on a, on a, on a lot of stories. Yeah, and there's less. Like, there's those less are more back and forth yeah. though. I feel. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't say quite at the level of uh, a show on Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't but, say so uh, I do. I do see the. Uh, I do see <laughs> the parallels. All right, I wanted to. I have to ask you. And but you gave me a your big books. your big underworkings article that the three of you you did about yeah. the organization yep. that goes you are all writing stuff and you have this editor come and he's sort of 
completely. It was, really it was a phone. little bit. It was a little bit disjointed. The truth is, yeah, it, it was, was like very. What it we was turned totally, in was a disaster. Yeah, like we each took different sections, and that really didn't work out very well. It was. It was not like a three separate articles, yeah. and then the editor brought it all together. Yeah. Wow, he did a great job. He, he did, did a great Shout job. Steve I, I never would have known. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now teaching at the University of Oregon. I'm sure he'll listen to this and appreciate uh, the shout out. I wanted to ask about- Yeah, we need uh, the proverbial Dan our... Cohen on, on our show. <laughs> that, sounds, That's right. that sounds great. That's right, helper. We all need a little help. You've given a couple of content, content recommendations, but I feel like if we're having you on, mm. I mean, you, you have to give me one show one movie, I mean, you know, uh, all right, Shiel has some terrible taste, some good taste because he likes the stuff that uh, I do. You know, he doesn't have a very long attention span. It's got to get him in the first 20 minutes. Is there something out there uh, right now? It could be TV, movie, one of each where you're like, you know, I, I actually feel pretty good about recommending this and I will commit to uh, actually watching it, unlike a lot of the classics for S.H.I.E.L.D. that were recommend, recommended during that uh, ridiculous <laughs> exercise. What was it, two years ago? Oh, a year ago, I have year. no idea. Okay. And, and I still, after that exercise, I still really have no sense of, of your case. <laughs> it seems, teen it seems a little This bit show of... has teen angst for S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> this show has a hits on a lot of my, things yeah. I like. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to be in like a certain mood to watch it because it's uh, it's light. It makes me laugh. It takes me into a world. I like a nice L.A. Uh, with the Hollywood Hills, wherever wherever they're living. I like that scenery is fun to me. It's got some sports into it. So, And also, uh, what I always think about after that hot, hot fuzz uh, was recommended in my review, I think, mm. was I've never seen this many white people in one. Where's everybody else? <laughs> they, you know, this show mixes it up as well. I'm seeing a lot of different people in there. So, yeah, it probably checks off uh, a lot of my boxes, I feel. Well, that's great. That's that's good news. Um, I will real quick before I answer this question. I, uh, I it, it does make me laugh that I DM'd you a while back, Shield, because uh, you were you were talking about uh, like why why am I going to watch Dog Tooth, uh, the Yorgos Lanthimos movie, when I could yeah. just watch a, a, a thirty minutes of Dave? And then earlier that day, I swear to God, Dave was like. I want this to feel more like dog tooth. Like season two <laughs> needs to feel more like an art film. Uh, and it was funny that both of those happened on the same day. But let me give you, yeah. let me give you a, it's a, it's an older show. It was on Comedy okay. Central and it's, it's out there for you. Uh, but it's, uh, it's Nathan for you. Uh, oh, love it. it. I, 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 I've already love been it. through that. Lo oh, outstanding. Absolutely down it's my so alley. Funny, right? Uh, yeah, fan fantastic. I mean, I feel like based on some of the stuff you did, you could, add, you know, I, I feel like there might be more to be done in that uh, in that genre, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I like what I like about it is how he mixes media a little bit. Like some of it's real, some of it's obviously scripted and architected, yeah. and it, it kind of keeps you on your toes. And we're trying to like we injected like real interviews and like non-actors who are gamers who feel a little uncomfortable in front of the camera just to kind of like blur the lines between like what's real documentary and what's fictional mockumentary uh but i don't think anybody sort of subverts our expectations about like reality reality and documentary and then gets as many hard laughs as uh as nathan yes. does on 
Yeah, I, I, I saw you. I saw a photo of you in a summit ice jacket, and it's like I saw <laughs> Defop Rich Bobby. I saw a photo of him recently in a summit ice jacket, and Defop Lemur. Uh, I mean, that guy rocks his summit ice jacket anytime I see him. So this, I feel like, yeah, that that show, if no one has watched it, is certainly in the Birds with Friends wheelhouse. It yeah. feels like deny nothing. It's a classic. <laughs> I don't mean to uh, deviate from the humorous questions, but I I do Except have <laughs> I do have a a, a question I'm, I'm very curious about, and and that's kind of um, uh, where you know the industry is going as far as streaming, and I I, I, mm. I bring this up because you know my kids have they watch TV, but they've never watched the show that's like on three o'clock on this channel, right? Everything is on a streaming platform or on YouTube. At, at what point do you say you became, I, I don't want to say you embraced it, but where an avenue like Paramount Plus was exciting for you, let's say? It, I came late enough that like the traditional model was never really an option okay. for me. Like coming from college humor videos and, you know, little dicky music videos, uh, nobody's fighting to give that guy a broadcast, you know, a broadcast <laughs> slot that demands like mass ratings, but you can make a really low budget uh, comedy for Netflix, especially back in 2016. Uh, it was like a little bit of a different model where like, Hey, this is super cheap. We can take a flyer. If it finds an audience through the algorithm, great. And if not, we'll just bury it and we'll be on to the next one. We haven't, it's really like low, low cost, high reward sort of model that can have a far more specific, a far more uh, specific audience than network, which requires like you have to build on your audience of your like lead in show. And it's very much about like capturing a broad audience. Like our now content, can really cater to the people who sort of seek it out. All right. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, this is this is totally uh, random, but I wanted to give a little shout out. The there's a there the I think episode five there is about like the dichotomy between the, the streamers and the competitors, and I thought it was very. Um, it was a good like one to one comparison to what's going on in golf with like the people leaving the PGA tour to the to the live tour, where it's like, do you care about the money and entertaining or do you care about like competing? And I thought that was uh, that that jumped out to me. So and and then at the end of episode five, no spoilers, but there's like there's a thing, you know, is coming. And when it comes, it, it really delivers. It's fantastic. So, well, I love that. Um, I mean, I think it's happening with a lot of sports, though, like even in basketball, you can really see that there is player empowerment uh, where it is no longer like the GM and the coach tells you where you're going to play and you know, how much you're going to play. Like if you're a max contract player, the, the GM is your employee essentially. And now the, the economics have like kind of caught up to that. And there's uh, in the world of gaming, there is, uh, there is, also player empowerment because they're not withholding to the, this league. They can go out and they can find their audience on their own. They know they are entertainers that don't necessarily need the structure of an organized league to find these huge seven figure salaries. It's interesting. It, it, it bodes, I think it bodes well for the future of sports, even though sometimes you we get nostalgic for you know the the old like just well uh, I want this person to play for my team. Right, for my I was holding yeah. out, yeah. I was demanding a, a trade, but I think it's good in the long run. I think this. I think this podcast is is always pro player empowerment. I would I would hope that, that comes. Yeah, I would call you pro owner. I would. I think <laughs> most of our listeners would probably say you're a little more on the ownership side for most issues, but maybe yeah. there are a couple that uh, I'm wrong about there. Quick question: Do you consider esport a sport? Uh, I think so. People in the room would call like the premise of that question very boomer. Like they're not. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> That's that, like, that, I usually that, get hit with that. That could be a response to Zach, like on at a regular press conference. That could be, like, a drop. Be yeah, yeah. that could be a drop. Because gamers don't gamers don't get upset. They're like, "Hey, I'm an athlete. I need right. you to compare me to LeBron James." But it's like the infantilizing where we're like, "Oh yeah, my my niece plays video games. Right. Maybe she could be a pro gamer." You're like, you don't understand how much time and dedication and talent 
and sure. you know sacrifice that goes into being one of these top competitors. So whether or not you call it a sport or just like them, DJ like on the a, show, they never call themselves like esports athletes or anything. They call themselves gamers, but they, I think, they want and deserve like the respect as as competitors at a super high level. But they don't. I don't think they care that much about that that exact term. Well said and good answer. I like the boomer drop there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, well, I mean, I was, I was like, that's something I asked. That's something obviously the writers ask in the room and the esports guys are like, we right. don't, we, we don't really care. It's, it's, it's just a thing that you have like on ESPN. Yeah. Esports, that's not a sport. And it's just right. like a conversation right. they're not even a part of. Can we, can we get you on the record before you leave with your, uh, your prediction, your prediction for the bird season? How do you feel? What's your temperature? Um, I'm trying to like temper my expectations a lot because it's so easy to be like, oh my God, there's all of these players, especially on defense, that we seem to have gotten at like suspiciously good value. Right. Uh, right. But when's the last time all of those players have panned out? Like I look yeah. at I look at Peter King having us fourth in the NFC, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, who has if Bradbury is as good as he could be and, and <laughs> Kobe Dean is as good, but then what are the odds of them all playing well? And it seems like Gannon's uh, scheme really requires talent, obviously. It's not like, doesn't seem like he's like really out scheming people. So I don't know. I, I could see, I could see some early games where we still are not able to stop defenses with uh with competent quarterbacks the other team gets out to a lead and we're just not able to to throw the ball well enough to to catch up and uh i see us at uh what is it now nine and eight uh now i'll go i'll go ten and ten and seven i'll go ten and seven and that was I about as good analysis as you'll Best get on the analysis. show. Best no. analysis <laughs> of the Eagles. We're going to take the rest of the summer off. On the we're show. Good. I mean, we're gassing him up, and that's a much more realistic. Uh, yeah, I think he's, he, he said it well about uh, what could go wrong. Now, I was looking at my notes here. Uh, you did give me a good content recommendation, I think, from another BWF listener. You said uh, PJ McCabe, right? Uh, yes. Yes. The beta test you you threw in there. Uh, my wife and I watched that. We're highly entertained uh, by that. Film. Awesome. So, yeah, that was a good That's one. Great. So, you, you, listen, you already Nathan for you, the beta test, players, also, Dave. I mean, I just I need think, to follow you. Like, you need to just start a list or something, and I can just follow your recommendations. Isaac Hagee is one of the best editors I've ever worked with, and he edits Atlanta which is obviously one of the Another best shows one. on top of that a other BWF listener. So yeah. Yeah. I love the beta test. It's so good. It's so weird. It's great. Yeah. Good job. I think Isaac, the next also. show, I think your Go next ahead. show should be called podcasters, right? And, <laughs> and, and like behind the scenes of life of podcasters. Yeah. Okay. High, no, high stakes to the people one. involved. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I like the uh, uh, the uh, the Dream On documentary that was on uh, Thirty for Thirty on the women's ninety six uh, team. That was good recently. Well, you know, jumping jumping timelines just like players. It's all it's all cohesive. Did Tony do that? I haven't seen that. I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, it was oh, very good. Oh, oh, that's just a random content recommendation. Random sports yeah. doc, uh, oh. recommendation. Oh, also, okay. uh, like a credit of okay. someone I know uh, in the in the end. So there you go. Uh, there you that's go. a little Eve Wolf shout out. All right. 
Uh, all right. I, Tony, you've been extremely generous with your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for gassing us up. Thank you for giving us players to enjoy. And uh, to all the listeners, this is like this is your this is your homework. If you're going to want to listen to Birds with Friends, you got to you got to do your job and, uh, and support players on, on Paramount Plus. Thank you guys so much for having me. All right. Thanks again to Tony Ascenda for joining us. And a reminder that we'll be probably off next week unless something crazy happens. They uh, re-sign Jaquiski Tart. Maybe they pull a Fletcher Cox and cut him and then re-sign him uh, in a couple days. We'll have to cover that. Otherwise, back in a couple weeks. And now, here's the trailer of The Athletic's next narrative series titled Luck. We peel back the curtain in a way that's never been done before on one of the most unique careers in NFL history. In all six episodes of Luck, on the Athletic Football Show feed on Monday, July 11th, wherever you listen to podcasts. And for Marissa, Tony, Zach, Sheil, me and Elijah, thanks for listening. And as always, we love you. At the center of one of the greatest what-ifs in NFL history is one of the greatest quarterback prospects of all time. What if the Colts have protected Andrew Luck. It's amazing that the Colts could move on from Peyton Manning and nobody really blinked. The reason why Andrew turned around the Colts and turned around Stanford was that beast inside of him that would look at the opposing team and saying, I'm going to kill you today. My encounters with him were unlike other encounters I would have with quarterbacks. He could have been a thoracic surgeon. He could have been anything. I don't think there's ever been a smaller gap between someone's floor in their ceiling. Even if it's 1 to 10, he's a 10 in every category. There's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, all record one. High end, he's a Hall of Famer. Low end, he's a multi-year Pro Bowler. Like, I can't see there's any way this guy doesn't succeed. I just remember him saying, Jacoby, like, this is going to sound weird, but, but can you hit me on the sideline? Because I need to feel the game right now. I, go, I don't think I'm supposed to hit you. With Andrew, it was very secretive. Seeing all the treatment he would go through, see all the hits he would endure. It was like, man, I know you have to be injured. He gets sandwiched between two linebackers at that moment. He has a ruptured kidney. The sort of injury you sustain in a car crash, basically. I never knew what the hell was bothering me until all this news came out. And it was like, oh, wait, he was suffering from this? It was all news to us. If the people that succeeded us had put a team around him, as we did with Peyton, the results probably would have been the same. Andrew Luck has become a cautionary tale for any team with an up-and-coming quarterback who doesn't have protection. I remember both of us having a moment where we both were teary-eyed going, man, this beautiful, beautiful player is uh, not going to play anymore. I'm Zach Kiefer from The Athletic, and I'm the host of a new podcast series called Luck. It's the Andrew Luck story as you've never heard it. The series looks to answer this question. How did the greatest quarterback prospect since John Elway, the very player the Colts moved on from Peyton Manning for, end up walking away from the game before he was 30 years old? All six episodes will be released on July 11th. Look for Luck on the Athletic Football Show podcast feed wherever you get your podcast, and listen to Luck ad-free on the Athletic app.